story goes that, uh, that years ago, Colonel Sanders arranged an audience with the Pope to suggest a change in the Lord's Prayer. He offered a donation of $10 million to change the line to give us this day our daily chicken instead of our daily bread. But the Pope is said to have refused aghast that someone would propose changing this prayer. A few weeks later, the colonel uh, called the Pope and offered $50 million for that change, but still the Pope refused. A month later, the colonel then offered $100 million. At a meeting of the cardinals the next day, the Pope is, is uh, said to have started the meeting this way. He said to all those cardinals who have get, had gathered in that room, I have some good news and some bad news. The good news is that we now have $100 million for charity. The bad news is that we lost the Wonder Bread account. I warned several of you ahead of time that we were starting off with a groaner today. And so uh, there we go. Today we're, we're actually turning a corner in the, uh, the study of, of the Lord's Prayer. The first half of the prayer has been all about God, right? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's, that's a whole first, first part. We've, we've, uh, we've, we've walked through that. If you've missed any of those, obviously they're online. You can pull them up, all the things. We're talking about God's name. We're talking about God's kingdom. We're talking about God's will. We've been, we've been uh, walking through that, and it's all been focused on God. When we pray with Jesus, we pray with this wonderful prayer perspective of God, of who he is and what he's doing in the world and in our lives. That's where Jesus tells us to start as we pray, focused on God. If we start our prayer that way, then we're going to pray much differently when we come to the place where we're starting to pray for our own needs and our own concerns than if we just skip all that and we start off with our own needs. and It changes our whole perspective. And then that is where we have come to today, to turn that corner, to start praying for our own needs, for God to meet our needs. Give us this day our daily, our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. But this, this line, I just have to be transparent, this line is, is a little tough for me to relate to because I'm not sure that I really know what it means to need daily bread. Uh, I don't know that I know what it means to be hungry, really, right? If I feel a pang, I, I can probably choose where my next bite's going to come from. Uh, even in these times of higher grocery prices, you know, we still have food in the pantry and food in the freezer and food in the fridge, and, and, and we've eaten, even eaten out a couple of times lately. I'm not sure when the last time was that I asked for food when I prayed. Probably I asked for self-control not to eat so much food when I prayed, right? And, and yes, this prayer is about bread, uh, about food, but it stays within the, uh, the, the, the context of the meaning that, that Jesus is bringing us to if we recognize that it's even more about realizing our source of provision for all of our needs. When we pray, Jesus says we should ask him to supply everything that we need daily. 
And although that seems like a, a simple request, just tucked right in the middle of this prayer, these seven words can, can really be transformational. They can really change. If we're really praying this, there is, there is a shift that happens in our lives because we're relying on God for our daily needs. And that, is, that, is, uh, 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 that truly uh, uh, causes some significant shifts in our lives. And so I want to look at uh, several of those uh, shifts today because praying for daily bread moves us, uh, uh, shifts some things, transforms some things in our lives. First thing I think it does uh, right off the bat is it moves us from worry to confidence. We are, uh, we are living in a pandemic today, but I'm not talking about COVID. Uh, we are experiencing a pandemic of worry and anxiety. Every study that's done shows more and more people are struggling with anxiety than ever before. We're anxious about so many things and then we get anxious because we're worried that we're worrying too much, right? We're, this prayer emphasizes that we can go to God with our worries and our concerns and he will provide. He invites us to pray for what we need. Over and over and over again in scripture, God emphasizes that we don't need to worry about things because he has it all under control. Maybe, maybe one of the classic passages is, is just further, further down just a little bit from the Lord's Prayer in, uh, in this Sermon on the Mountain, Matthew chapter 6. Verse 31 starts off this way, so do not worry, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You can, you can have confidence that God can and will provide for what you need. Not just bread, not just chicken, uh, not just clothing, uh, everything, all that and so much more. It's confidence. It's not, not this worry, but it's, I mean, confidence is so much better than worry, right? I mean, worry just kind of gives us that shaky, uneasy feeling, wondering what's going to happen next. And confidence is just this solid, sure, steady, uh, it's going to be handled or it's already handled and I don't have to worry about it. And it's this, it's this solid foundation that we can have. The Apostle Paul had that confidence when he declared to the Philippian church in Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. My God will meet all your needs. I mean, we could, man, ah, that's a, that's a pastor's dream. We could, uh, we could pull, we could do word studies on every single one of those. Will, not maybe, but will uh, meet all your, not just a few of all your needs according to what? According to my riches? No, according to the riches that are, that are God's. Oh my goodness, how many, we can go on. We can be confident in God. We can shift. Just, just praying these simple words, give us this day our daily bread. We're shifting from worry to confidence. It, it also moves us from greed to contentment. Uh, Jesus tells us to pray for daily bread, right? Uh, uh, for, for our needs for today. I mean, I'd like to actually pray for a lot and to uh, store up a bunch for myself, right? But, but, but then if we do that, if, we, if, we're, if God is giving us so much, many times then our trust and our confidence is in the stuff, not in the one who's providing the stuff. And so there's a, there's a sense of that daily bread. 
That, that concept of daily bread uh, in Jesus' prayer takes us right back to the Hebrew people in the wilderness when they're escaping Egypt and they're heading to the promised land and they complain. They said, oh, we don't have enough to eat. We don't have any food. God brought us out here to die. And God provided for them fresh bread every day. Exodus chapter 16 describes that. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Makes sense, right? They, it's good. Okay. Uh, Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord's given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it till morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses and they kept part of it until morning. But it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. That happened a lot. Moses was angry with it. That's a whole other sermon again. But praying for daily bread gets rid of greed, storing up for ourselves, and instead it brings us to trust and contentment. Can you be content with God providing for you each day? Taking each day on its own. And, and, and I think this, this, this next shift also is included here. As you're trusting him uh, uh, each day, the, we're also being moved from independence to dependence. This is, this is a sense of being dependent on God that he's going to provide today. I mean, it's crazy, but, 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 but we have so many needs, right? Uh, we get hungry, so we need food. Then we get hungry again, so we need, and, 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 and we have all the, I mean, I used to complain growing up, why, why do I have to make my bed? And my argument, which is probably still a valid one, just gonna, I'm just going to have to sleep it again tomorrow night. Why am I making my bed, Right? Well, that didn't hold much, uh, uh, much clout with, uh, with my parents. The, the response was, okay, well, I guess we don't need to wash your clothes. You're just, they're just going to get dirty again. I guess you don't need to take a shower. You're just going to need another one tomorrow, which as a middle school boy, I probably didn't argue with. I guess you don't get any dinner tonight. You're just going to get hungry again. Uh, and it's, we have so many recurring needs, right? With daily needs. There's so many things. Uh, and, and so we pray for daily bread and for daily everything else. And, and maybe, I don't know, maybe we look a little jealously sometimes at the, at the Israelites because they had supernatural frosted flakes from heaven, right? And, uh, and, and, and we look out and, man, wouldn't it be nice? to just wake up to manna on the lawn in the morning. Man, what God is faithful. Well, yes. In order to do that, though, you have to be willing to go to bed each night with nothing left in the cupboards. That's where, that's where these guys were. It was daily bread. It was a life of dependence on God. Give us this day our daily bread. 
And, and that leads us to live in the, in the present moment, here and now, right? This prayer moves us from tomorrow to today. Uh, there's, there's another shift here. Instead of being focused on what's coming later, we're, we're, we're uh, in the future, we're, we're, we're focused on today. I'm not saying you shouldn't plan ahead for the future, but we can't put our faith in that plan. We put our faith in God, and, and then we follow his plan. We put our faith in the one who holds the future, and then we live life with him today. Our American culture is, is generally one of excess. Several years ago, we, uh, we hosted an exchange student all during the, uh, the school year, Ani from Finland. Uh, many of you know Ani. Uh, some of you didn't get the, the privilege. Uh, but uh, I remember uh, she hadn't been here more than a couple of months. I went into Home Depot one day and um, uh, kids in tow. And I was probably November sometime, I guess, that year. And, and they, anyway, they had all the Christmas decorations out already. And, and, uh, they were trees and they were wreaths. There were twinkling lights and, and minions with missiles. All, all the, all the, all the basics, right? Uh, everything that you'd possibly, possibly imagine. All the essentials. And she looked at all of that and just kind of wide eyed. And, and then she, and she just kind of shook her head. And I said, what? What's, what, what are you thinking? And she said, Americans. It is just so much, she said. It's just so much. And I, I think I agree with her. I think uh, it is just so much. And, and not just in that, but almost, I mean, we just, oh, excess. You just go, we go overboard, don't we? <laughs> Jesus didn't teach us to pray for excess. He didn't teach us to pray for tomorrow's bread. He didn't teach us to pray for above and beyond. He instructed you and me to simply pray for today. And that's enough. As we read in Matthew 6 a few minutes ago, don't worry about tomorrow. Let's live for today. Author and speaker Bob Goff has, has, uses a phrase a lot, that, and it may apply here. He says, be where your boots are. Uh, I, I think that's good. Maybe it's more, uh, maybe, I don't know. I'm not sure I have boots. But uh, if, if, wherever you're, you, don't get ahead of yourself. Don't, don't be looking ahead. We get ahead of ourselves so many times. We, we look to what's next instead of what's now. A good friend of mine years ago used to say that the, uh, that, that, you know, the guys, it seems like the guys all, always want control of the remote, right? And it's not just so that, uh, so that, uh, we can know what's on TV. We want to know what else is on TV, right? And so we, we can spend hours just flipping through and, and, and seeing what's, what's going on. We, we scroll through our phones and our feeds and we're looking for what else is going on. We're not satisfied with what's right in front of us. Or we, we plan ourselves to death without any margin and, and we're always preparing for what's coming up so, so that it's hard to enjoy what's right now. A prayer for daily bread, for, for God to supply our current needs is a prayer to live in the moment today. I'm also thinking maybe that uh, uh, Jesus might be encouraging us, maybe it's just a byproduct of all this, but Jesus might be encouraging us to pray for daily bread so that we're going to connect with God daily, right? Uh, if, if we always got everything we needed for the month or for the quarter or for the year, how often would we be praying, right? Maybe one reason we should pray for daily bread is to stay in communication with God every day. We need to live for today, not for tomorrow. I think this, this uh, 
prayer also moves us from a, a mindset of scarcity to a mindset of abundance. I wonder if we plan ahead so much out of fear that we won't have enough, right? We, we have this scarcity mindset. There's, there's a limited amount of resources, and if we don't claim the ours and get our own, then we're going to miss out, and, and that mindset can lead to selfishness and, and jealousy. I, I don't just want to have enough. I want to have more than you uh, or more than that guy, right? And so we, we, uh, we, we try to I mean, we saw this during the, uh, during the pandemic. I couldn't believe going to, going to Walmart and seeing the empty toilet paper shelves. It's just, just crazy, right? People were, were hoarding for themselves because they were afraid that there wouldn't be enough. And then because they were hoarding for themselves, there wasn't enough. It was kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? The, 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 our God, our Father who is in heaven, whose name is hallowed, uh, that his kingdom is coming and his will is being done, this God that Jesus instructs us to pray to in this prayer, to pray for daily bread, this, this is a God of abundance. Our God is a God of abundance, not scarcity. You, you can trust him to provide. He not only promises to provide all that we need according to his riches, which are abundant, but he this is to do even more than that. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Uh, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Our God is a God of abundance immeasurably more than you can ever imagine. So uh, what that means is you need to think about what might be exorbitant, what might be far beyond your wildest dreams for God to do, and then he's going to do more than that. Immeasurably. So much more that you can't count how much more. Uh, Having enough isn't up to you. It's up to your God of abundance. We've got to shift from a scarcity mentality where we're scraping to get ours to a trust, trust and a confidence in this God of abundance. Well, it also shifts us uh, uh, from selfishness to generosity, that we're not just focused on ourselves, but, but, but we're with this abundance mindset, we get to be generous, right? Uh, God is, is providing for our daily needs, and throughout this prayer, we've already seen that God not only works in us, he works through us. And I wonder... I wonder if this prayer for daily bread is also a request to be used to provide for others who also have needs. Maybe you've noticed this prayer is, uh, is plural, right? It's not me, God, uh, uh, this is all about me. Give me my daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. We're, we're, we're praying in concert with the church, the body of Christ, uh, those who are, uh, those who uh, currently probably uh, have bread in the cabinet and those who don't. And it could just be that as we pray this prayer in community, give us this day our daily bread, we're also praying, I've got some bread, but that person doesn't, and God, how can I be used to be and provide the daily bread for those around me? God always, as I think it was last week, we said that God uses, God uses his people to accomplish his will. Many have said over the years that the, that the church, the, the, the living, breathing hands and feet and voice of, uh, of Jesus, the church is the hope of the world. 
Not, not just spiritually, but, but, but the, the people of God bring God's influence as they care for the needs of the world. Uh, how many less hospitals and universities and nursing homes and schools and food pantries and, and homeless shelters and soup kitchens and pregnancy support centers and the list goes on. How many, how many less would there be without the influence of the church in the world? You are the church. This building is not the church. You are the church. God's presence through you, his church, transforms the world as we meet needs daily in his name. Luke 12, 48, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. When we find ourselves with abundance, As we pray this prayer for daily bread, it's not just for us personally, it's for us communally. You, it's kind of cool to think, you can be the answer to someone else's prayer for daily bread, right? Practically speaking, (laughs) rubber meets the road, bottom line, you can, oh, I don't know, provide dinner for someone who's going through chemotherapy. I don't, I'm just, just putting it out there. Maybe you've heard, maybe there's an opportunity. Maybe you can provide for someone at the, the, the personal care pantry this month, or maybe there's someone that you know in your family or in your community, your, your sphere of influence who could benefit from whatever. allow God to use you as you pray for daily bread you could be the answer to someone else's prayer for daily bread God can use you to meet their needs hoarded blessings spoil maggots and worms all right and it started stinking right when they held on to it for themselves I'm going to save this up maggots and worms and it stunk Hoarded blessings spoil. <laughs> Allow yourself to be a, be a conduit through which God flows his blessings in your life and through your life to others. Be generous with your life. What do we got? One more? There's one more shift there that, uh, that we move from grumbling to gratitude. Praying for daily bread moves us from grumbling to gratitude. This, this prayer should take us straight to a place of thanks and praise to God. We pray for daily bread and then we must be thankful for his amazing provision day in and day out. We're quick to complain, right? Uh, things are not always as we want them to be. We get cynical, we uh, complain, we grumble, but there is no place for grumbling and complaining in the life of a follower of Jesus. Philippians 2, uh, Paul says that we should do everything without grumbling or complaining. And then he tells us why. He says in, in Philippians 2, 15 and 16, so that, so don't, don't grumble or complain. Uh, this is why, so that you can become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Everybody grumbles and complains. <laughs> If we as the church, the followers of Jesus, the body of Christ, just not grumbling and complaining can make you stick out and shine bright like a star on the night sky. Praying this prayer takes us from, from grumbling to gratitude, that we're living lives of gratitude because not only have we asked God to provide, but that he has time and time and time again. We're dependent on God to provide. We trust that he will and we're grateful as he does. A transformational prayer. Seven words. Give us this day our daily bread. It moves us from from worry 
to confidence and from greed to contentment and from independence to dependence, uh, from a, a focus on tomorrow to living in today, from scarcity to abundance, from selfishness to generosity, from grumbling to gratitude. I, I, think, I think this prayer is less about bread and more about grace. Can I, can I, can I insert that here? God provides for us even though we don't deserve it. And, and as we pray this prayer in faith, he extends his favor to give us more than we could ever ask or imagine. And, and although we are, uh, we are to pray for daily bread, he continues to give in abundance more than we deserve right when we need it. I want to tell you a story about a, a woman from, uh, from the 1800s, Annie Johnson Flint. Born in 1866, her mother died when Annie was only three and her father died shortly thereafter. Uh, as an orphan, she was adopted by the Flint family who lived close by and was raised, uh, she was raised in the Christian faith. And after her schooling, uh, Annie became a teacher, uh, but only lasted one short year before she had to quit due to her declining health. She became more and more crippled up by rheumatoid arthritis, even at that very young age in her early 20s. Soon she became confined to a wheelchair and needed assistance even getting out of bed each day. Because she had to spend so much time immobile, uh, over, over the years she developed bed sores and eventually uh, she uh, dealt with the ravages of cancer which finally took her life years later. And yet uh, Annie's attitude through all of her struggles and trials stayed positive and, and her faith held strong. She enjoyed a, a daily relationship with God and she used her gifts of, uh, of poetry and prose and, uh, and, and she loved words and, and how she could use those. And, and so she would write encouragement for others. And, and some of her poems were, were printed in magazines and, and she even had a contract for a while with a greeting card company and, and wrote for them. And, and uh, she would love to just write letters to people and they were always upbeat and encouraging and, and even had a, a sense of humor to them. And, and if you received a personal letter from Annie Johnson Flint, it was life-giving. One of her most famous poems became an even more popular song in church hymn books across the 20th century. Despite all of her afflictions, Annie, Annie wrote these words about God's provision in her life. I, I don't know, in my mind's eye, I, I picture her with, with her gnarled fingers holding a pen and paper with that rheumatoid arthritis just slowly crippling her up over time and writing out these words. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added affliction, he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. 
When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving is only begun. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again.